third, undeserved favor of God, or unmerited favor of God in undeserved. So, we have the key points. We could only understand grace in relation of faith in sin. Otherwise, without this talk, I do not know how we could present it to you. Because when Paul or other uh, apostles talks about grace, it has always in connection with the sin and faith. So, mababasa nyo sa Biblia, laging paulit-ulit sinasabi that grace is related to sin and to your faith. How does it uh, happen? We will know later. And, next slide please. Let me orient uh, these things now. Uh, maybe my thought would not be exactly the same thought as you are. There are so many theologians who discuss this grace in so many ways. And we have the so-called Calvinism. Calvinism is founded by John Calvin. This John Calvin is pioneer during the 16th century, maybe contemporary of Luther. And he propagated this teaching such as tulip. They say they said it as tulip. So actually tulip is a good flower, no? Yeah. Uh, flower. The color I think is something pinkish, right? Yellow. Yes. There is yellow. There, there is, is yellow. There is pink. There yeah. Is so that is how how the uh, these Calvinist people uh, would exegesis the word grace based on the tulip. Uh, what we say tulip is total depravity. Meaning to say total depravity, we are did in our sin, and we cannot do anything. That is total depravity. We can expound that later. Number two, or this, uh, the word you is unconditional election. election. Meaning to say unconditional election, that God is electing people based on his will alone. And that is Calvinism. And this Calvinism would say that God is predestined people, some to salvation, and some to hell. So the destination would be doubled. Why? Because they teach that God, in God alone, by His will, He determined people where to go. And I don't know if this is exactly the same uh, uh, orientation that you receive for that. And the other one is, limited atonement. They said that the death of Christ is for the elect only and not for everybody. That is why they call it limited atonement. And the other one is irresistible grace which is we are going to expound this grace that we are talking and the last one is the perseverance of all saints, which is in some case, other call it as one say, always say. So I do not know if that category is fits within your faith or not. Next slide, please. <clears throat> Here is the total depravity. Sin has affected all parts of man, including the mind, the emotion, the will, and body 
are all affected by sin. Meaning, a person is completely sinful. Now, where we can, uh, we can find the text? Here are the text. Mark 7, 21 to 23. Man's heart is evil. Isn't that is true? Why? Because during the fall of Adam, our minds is corrupted by the sin. The whole body is corrupted by the sin. So by nature, we are sinful. By nature, we are sinful. And we have Romans 16. Man is a slave of sin. Romans 3, 10, 12. He does not seek for God. Nobody seeks God. Walang nagkahalap sa Diyos. That is why, sabi ni Pablo sa isang palata, Romans 3, we are all falls short to the glory of God. Why? It is because we are all short of the glory of God. Let's see another one, First Corinthians 2.14. He cannot understand the spirit, spiritual things. That is why the flesh is against the spirit. Why? Because in the flesh, is the last. Kung parang ang ating inahanap lagi yung ligaya ng laman. Hmm. Which is against the spirit. The spirit. And we have Ephesians 2.15. He is at enmity with God. The person is enmity with God. And Ephesians 2.3. And is by nature a child, a child, of, a child of rat. Or a child of rat. By nature. Ganyan ang tao. So, wala kang pupuntahan, kundi paghatod na yun. Why? Because by nature, we are a child of wrath. Next slide, please. Now, unconditional election. God does not base His election on anything He sees in the individual. Rather, He chooses the elect according to the kind intention of His will. So, the people has nothing to do with it Election is purely from God. His will, from God's will. And that's Calvinism. And to support their claims, they have this Ephesians 1, 4 to 8, and Romans 9, 11. Without any consideration of merit within the individual, nor does God look into the future to see who would pick him. It's not the basis of God. Why do you leave people? The basis of God's election is by his own will alone. That's Calvinism. Romans 9, 15-21, also as some are elected into salvation, others are elected into hell. That's Calvinism. Next slide, please. We have this limited atonement. Limited atonement, Jesus died only for the elect. Through Jesus' sacrifice was sufficient for all, it was not efficacious for all. Although Jesus' death on the cross is efficient for all, but it says that it is not efficacious for all, meaning that it's not effective to all of us. Why? Because that is only for the elect according to them. And Matthew, to support the claims, we have Matthew 26, 28, where Jesus died for many, not all, it says. John 10, 11, which says that Jesus died for the sheep, not for the goat. Matthew 25, 32, 33. 
And John 17:9, Jesus in prayer intercedes to the ones given him, not to those of the entire world. So that's the teaching of Calvinism. Next slide, please. Irresistible grace. This is what we are talking now. Irresistible grace. When Jesus called his elect into salvation, they cannot resist. They cannot resist. That is what uh, they believe in. God's offer to all people, the gospel message, they call it external call. While God is calling everyone, they call it only as external. But to the elect, God extends an internal call, call where, where it cannot be resisted. So when I can do anything tanggapin at tanggapin mo yan. This call is by the Holy Spirit who works in the hearts and minds of the elect to bring them to repentance and regeneration whereby the willing whereby, whereby they willingly and build come to God. So this is what they say irresistible grace. Irresistible in the sense that you are this this uh distinct, you are predestined to that grace, you are called by God, and that is by his will alone. And to support the claims, you have Romans 9.16. It is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who has mercy. Philippians 2.12 and 13. Where God is said to be one of the working salvation individuals. John 6.28-29. Where faith is declared to be the work of God. And Acts 13.48. Where God appoints people to believe. It is God who appoints people to believe. What if you are not appointed? What will happen then? John 1, 12 to 13, where being born again is not by man's will, but of God, but by God. So we have discussed this before when I uh, first time preached Nicodemus, that this regeneration by being born again is solely the work of God. There is no participation in us that is solely the work of God. And maybe this is what Calvin also is saying. Next slide, please. The perseverance of the saints. You cannot lose your salvation because the Father has elected, the Son has redeemed, and the Holy Spirit has applied salvation. Thus, the saved are eternally secure. And that is what we call one saved, always saved. And to support the claims, they have John 10, 27, where Jesus said, His sheep will never perish. John 4, 4, uh, 6, 47, where salvation is described as everlasting life, and Romans 8, 1, where it is said that we have passed out of judgment, in Philippians 1, 6, Philippians 1, 6, where God is the one being faithful to perfect us until the day of Jesus. Amen. And this is to support the claims. So this is what we call the five points of Calvinism. Next is like this. Whereas, on the other hand, there are theologians who are propagated by Armenians. Who is this Armenians? In fact, Jacob Armenians became a student of the school that is founded by Calvin, John Calvin. So, revisiting the church history, we could find out, and it is still debatable today by many of the theologians, that 
in the patterns of Calvinism, meron din pagtapot ang Arminianism. And they said that man has free will. I do not know if you believe that you have your own free will. In the in Calvinism's view, as we have uh, said that in Tulip, total depravity, you don't have the will because God is the one electing people to salvation. And in fact, the irresistible grace, nobody can resist that. But according to Arminius, no. Man has a free will. Now, there is a struggle between theologians. They, they are doctoral of divinity, philosophy, theologians, but they are struggling on this. Does really man has free will or not? But well, because they are contrary to each other. I would hear somebody who is a doctor in divinity. It says that two things cannot exist together in the same environment. If somebody is, is strong and God is sovereign, and if people are will, you cannot move that strong man. But because God is sovereign, he can move that. And this guy would say, so that one, that man is not a strong man. Why? Because he moved. If he is strong, he cannot be moved. But because God is sovereign, he can move that man. So what is not the will? So these two cannot exist on the same environment. Other one is weak, the other one is sovereign. Hindi sila pwedeng uh, mag-exist ng pareho sa the same environment. Well, because it will contradict maybe the law of physics, I should say. Well, because if you are a strong, immovable, but somebody moves you, you are moving you, immovable. Otherwise, if somebody cannot move you, that somebody is not sovereign. But we believe that God is sovereign God. Amen. So this two cannot exist together, they said. So Arminians, from Jacob and Arminius, he founded these five points of their theology. So man has free will, meaning to say, you can choose or you can decide to reject God's call because you have the free will. That is Arminius. Number two is conditional election. So to them, the, the election of God is conditional, meaning God has a purpose why you are elected. Not all are elected. Maybe all are called, but few are chosen. Sabi nila. Many are called, but few are chosen. So in that sense, the election is conditional. In the case of Paul, when Paul needs by the Lord Jesus Christ to proclaim his gospel, Paul cannot resist. At first, Paul persecuting the church. He was the one who lived in the persecution of the church. But when he, when he encountered Christ, he cannot resist Christ. Why? Because Paul is elected to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. 
So that is what they call conditional election. When God sent Jonah to Nineveh to preach for the repentance of the people of Nineveh, Jonah at first, he resisted. God said to him, you go to Nineveh. But Jonah rejected God's calling. Instead of going to Nineveh, he decided to go to Tarsus. And by then, he boarded to a ship, going to Tarsus. But God has a plan because he was elected to the people of Nineveh. And thereby, Jonah was thrown out to the sea, but God prepared a way to save Jonah. Why? Because Jonah is elected for the people of Nineveh. And thereby, according to this Armenians, belief of Armenians, that is conditional election. And we have this unlimited universal atonement. In Calvinism, they said that is limited atonement. Because the death of Christ in Jesus Christ, I mean the death of Christ in the cross, is for the elect only. But Armenians believe that the death of Jesus Christ is for all people, available to all. And that is why, sabi ng mga talata sa sulat ni Pablo, sa ibang sulat, o kaya ni Pedro, ang kamatay ng Panginoon ay para sa kasalanan ng lahat. That's for all. So that is in contrast with each other. One is resistible grace. The other one is irresistible grace to the Armenians. That is resistible grace. Why? Because it is the will of the man who decides. And number five, they say that there is also perseverance of the saints. But some saints, not all. Because according to the writings of Paul, into uh, writings of other uh, apostles, it says that ang kaligtasan baka mawala. In the sense of, Paul was giving warning to the saints, to the same people. He's giving warning that they may be fall away. So according to Armenians, perseverance may be to some saints. But because people has the way, they may reject it. In third, maybe today, you are following God, but later you may decide you do not want to follow God. I was actually watching a one TV series. And in the preaching of John MacArthur, who is the well-known theologian, he says that once saved, always saved. Now, there is one brethren within his 10 years attending the church. He is saved. But sometime in his radio program or television program, this man wrote to John MacArthur and he said, after so many days, so many years that I've been following your uh, sermons, your doctrines, that uh, like this, like this, so and so, I am now declining my faith. And he said that I am convinced that the God that you are talking is not true. Hmm. So how is that condition? If Calvinism, uh, Calvinism taught 
that once man accepts Christ, he is saved already, and once saved, is always saved. What about this guy? Uh, this guy who accepted Christ, and at the same time, in the later end of his life, he falls away. He by himself, he falls away. That is maybe Paul was saying that, be steadfast. Fight the good fight. And finish it to the end. Why? Because salvation is, is still on the process. We are not yet having our uh, incorruptible body. We are saved. In that saving grace that was offered to us by God, when we first time uh, we know Christ and we dedicate ourselves to Him, we surrender ourselves to Him, we are saved. But I would say, let the Bible speak the truth. So these are all claims of these religious people, but in our case, we will just simply study what the Bible says. Amen. Next slide, please. <laughs> <coughs> So, 1 Peter 5, 5-10, bakit tayo mapahaba nito? Nagsisimula pa na nga ako sa, that is only the introduction of what, uh, uh, what our uh, uh, preaching is for today. Now, nagsisimula tayo, 1 Peter 5, 5-10. Chapter 5, verse 5 says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto others. Yeah, all of you, be subjected one to another and be clothed with humility for God resists the, the, the proud and give grace to humble. And this is a lovely saying of Peter. Submit yourselves to one another. Do not be proud for God's grace is not yours. God is giving grace to humble people. Now I would say Paano ba tayo maging humble in the sight of God? How do we become humble in the sight of God? There are many history in the Bible that you can see that people are becoming humble to God. In the case of Saul, let's try Saul. During the time that the Israelites people are run by God, by His government alone, we call it theocratic form of government. That means to say that God is the one running to His people. Theocracy. Ang tawag po natin yan. Theocratic form of government. Unlike today, we have our own government and we, uh, this one is served by the people. The one who is in the government is created by God. Amen? But during the time of Israel, it was God Himself who runs His own people and we call it theocratic form of government where the head is God. But sometime in history, when people got envy, these Israelites people, they got envy seeing other nations that they have their own figurehead as the head of their state. And they decided calling the elders, coming together, they cried out, out to God and says that, give us a leader, a figurehead whereby they chose Saul. At that time, Saul becomes the first king of this red people. So, doon na buo, doon na pasimula ang pagkakaroon ng mga hari-hari. At that time, Saul always 
talks to God, seeking blessings from God. But at the end of his life, you could see that Paul becomes proud of himself. And God takes away his blessings from Paul. From Saul, I should say. So, in the course of the history, I don't think parang nagpakamatay yata si Saul sa kanyang ginawa. So, that is not humbleness. Ang sabi ng mga talatang binabasa natin is, we must be clothed with humility. Come to God, recognizing Him as our Lord, that we cannot do anything without Him. That's humbleness. Number six, humbles yourselves therefore under the mighty hands of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Next slide, please. Whom resist is steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, over, uh, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Next slide, please. Now, let's talk about now the grace in relation to sin. In Ephesians 2, 1 to 7, in you hath he quickened who were dead and trespasses and sin. Now this is how Paul considered us spiritually that we are dead in sin. And because we are dead in sin, you cannot do anything. The awakeness of the gospel that Paul brought to Gentiles in suit of us because we are classified as Gentiles. Meaning to say Gentiles are those people that is not belong to the people of God who are Israelites. So we are called as Gentiles. And therefore, Paul also says that you are only grafted. Kumbaga, siguro yung mga farmer, uh, marunong silang mag-graft. Ang isang puno ng mangga siguro, baka mapabunga nila ng iba naman, prutas. Uh, Or maybe the same mingo, but different kinds of mingo. So, when you are grafted, you are not original. So we are Gentiles in the sense that we, be, we are not belong to the people of God who are the Israelites. <clears throat> in verse 2 it says, Well in time past. Nakalipas na panahon. In time past you walk according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That is how we describe Paul's during the time past that we have not accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior. Number three, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the last of our flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath even as others. So, nung unang panahon, he was talking about our position in Christ where we have not met Him at that time. 
that is in time past. Next slide, please. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace. You are saved. So dating patay ka, gumawa ng paraan ng Diyos. God has made a way for us to be saved and that is by His grace. Amen. You do not deserve it. Why? You are sinners. In fact, you and I were distant to death. And we have no complaint about that. Why? That is our nature. Let us accept that, that we belong to the holy nature. And that is why we are distant to death. But God, God's in grace. His goodwill, He gives the grace in yeah. order for each one of us, you and I, to be saved. Six, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is the spiritual, uh, uh, yung pagpapakilala ni Paul sa mga naligtas that we are set in heavenly places with Christ. That in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness towards, towards us through Christ Jesus. Next slide, please. The grace in relation to faith. Now, so we can see now na ang grace ng Diyos na ibinigay niya, gumawa siya ng paraan, to suffice the needs para lang mailigtas ka, gumawa siya ng plano. And that plan has consummated on the death of Christ on the cross. So gumawa ng para ng Diyos, ang sabi ng Diyos, I'm sorry, I maybe uh, the other uh, would not understand me. God says that He would make a plan to save the people. In this plan of salvation, He made it before the foundation of the world has already made this plan. So, kumbaga, God has set part now that this is the plan. This is what you are supposed to be. This is the people where you are supposed to be. That you may inherit eternal life. But this only could materialize through faith in Jesus. That is why, removing faith, there is God's plan. Without the faith, this plan would not be materialized. That is why, Sabi ng Panginoon, it is by faith. Grace is there. In Ephesians 2, grace is there. You are saved by grace. Through faith. And that is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Grace is the gift of God. Faith is not a work. It's not a labor. Sabi ni Pablo, sa Romans 4, faith is not work. So, Ang Diyos, nung binigyan ka ng pagkakataon, hinanaw ka mula sa iyong kamatayan, binigyan ka ng pagkakataon. You have to respond. You have to respond. That is why, ang sabi ng sulat ipagos sa Romans, faith is coming from hearing and hearing the word of God. Yan ang pananampalataya na makapakinig ka ng salita ng Diyos. And that is why, we are preaching this gospel 
And even the, uh, even the past times, during the time of the apostles, they are preaching the gospel to draw these people unto the salvation or the offering of grace of God. That is why when you heard the gospel, you have to accept Christ as your personal Savior, if you want to be saved. Otherwise, God's wrath would remain in you. Those who rejected Christ, according to John 1.17, if you rejected Christ, the wrath of God is in you, is still in you. So you have to accept Christ through faith. In relations to faith, it says that in Romans 5.1-2, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What does it mean, justified? The word justified is a legal term o tayo, mga makasalanan, pag dinala ka sa korte, somebody is your uh, advocate or somebody is your lawyer, when the judge says that you are justified, that means to say you are not actually just, you are just justified. Maybe through some other righteousness, it was imputed to you. And that is exactly what the Bible says, yes. that it was Jesus the righteousness Christ. of Christ that was imputed to us for us to become justified. Amen. So, ibig sabihin, ikaw ay uh, righteous in the sight of God, not because of your own righteousness, but because of the righteousness of Christ, Amen. which is in you. And that's why you are declared justified. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So, ito yung relasyon ng grace sa pananampalataya. Now, grace is offered by God. But people has to respond through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. It's there. The grace is there. Once you accept Christ, you are saved. Why? Because Christ has paid us our sins Binayaran ng Diyos in the time past, whatever life you have. Ikaw man ay liko nung mga nakarang panahon mo. Christ is offered once and for all. For all humanity, in fact. That whosoever accept Christ will have everlasting life. That is why, if you have asked me today at this time, are you saved? Yes, I am. Why? Because I have accepted Christ in my life and I have not departed from the faith that Christ has given me. Amen. Amen. So I could say, in my own theology, man is saved, once saved, always saved, as long as he is kept saved. Amen. Amen. Kung ikaw ay patuloy na nakadikit sa ating Panginoon, you are saved. Do not depart from faith, for you may lose. You may fall away from Christ. Ang sabi kasi ng iba, one say, one say, ay kung gumawa ko ni makasalan after I have accepted Christ, I am still saved. Sabi ng ibang tagapangarap, yes, you are still saved. I do not know how it fits theology, but it looks like yes. It looks like yes. Because God is your guarantee. Christ is your guarantee. But, how do we reconcile 
that somebody who's accepting Christ is walking in different directions. I could not even reconcile how. Now, let's go to the prodigal son. The prodigal son in Luke 15, this prodigal son, uh, the father, the father has two sons. One is what we call the prodigal. He demands all that uh, that is due to him. So whatever that inheritance belongs to him, he wants to take it now. So this prodigal son went away, spending all money, all penny that he has. Maybe he went to the bear house to whatever uh, last of his, or uh, whatever he wants in his life just to become happy with. He might have been looking for this happiness, and he might have ended in miserable life. Until such time, that he realized himself, why am I eating the food for this wine? This food is not for the food of human, this is the food of swine. But why am I eating this? He just came to realize that he has a family. But remember, this son, when he went away, well, he is still a son. Yes, the sonship does not lose. This is still a son. But when he comes back to his father, he begs his father in his head, do not treat me as a son. Treat me as one of your slaves in order for me to live. But the father says, you have lost once and now found Amen. So the grace of God is there. His destination, the destination of saving grace is there. It's awaiting for someone to come to repentance. That is why, is, uh, in the case of John the Baptist, he prefers the way of the Lord through repentance. You have to repent for your sins. Amen. Come to the Lord. This acceptance of repentance is by hearing, by hearing the gospel, the word of God. Amen. That you have now faith. And if you have faith in Christ, this time we could say, say all, that we are all saved. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Next slide, please. <clears throat> Romans 3, 22, 26. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all in a fan all, them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past. Through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time, His righteousness that He might be just, in the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. So, we are justified in the sight of God. Why? Because God is seeing your righteousness as Christ's righteousness, not our own righteousness. So you are justified through the merit of Christ's righteousness and not, own, not our own righteousness. Amen. Let's like this. Conclusion. Now, the grace is the gift of God 
unto our salvation. The salvation of man. And the promise of eternal life. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, grace is God's empowerment. What does it say? And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. The strength of God is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27, it says, Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. What does it mean? After you are justified and sanctified by God. Sanctification means we are living a holy life. Not because we want to attain life or we want to be saved, but because that is the proof of our faith. Amen. <clears throat> You are sanctified, you are walking in the way of God because Christ has saved you already. And just to display that the works of God is within you, you are walking with, with, with your fruits sin by people, the good works that is sin by people. But we are not working good works to be saved, but that is the proof of the salvation. Amen. 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 Now, we say that we are now, now you are the body of Christ. When you are body of Christ, what does it mean? We are belong to Christ already. Some other text in the Bible, Paul was saying that Christ is the head in the church is the body. If that is the case, now you are the body of Christ, in member in particular. So we are, or we belong to the body of Christ. Amen. But we are members in particular. In the body, we yes, have hand, the fingers, the, fingers, the we eyes, have, the we have nose, so many. the mouth, but the ear. But remember that. Ang sakit nararamdaman ng daliri. Amen. Nararamdaman ng buong katawan. In that, I should say, that the church as a whole would be the necessity of everyone. That is why we call each one as our brothers and sisters. Amen. So if they are our brothers, we are eating, but others are not eating. If you have the means to give, you have to give. Why? Because we treat them as brothers and sisters. And this is exactly how God designed, designed the church to help each one of us there was a priest that went to Africa and he is uh, uh, preaching sermon to his uh, parishioners this is that we are brothers and sisters but during the time of eating this priest is eating the bread which is soft while the African people they give bread which is hard they could hardly eat but there are bread that is hard which you could hardly eat but the fish is eating fresh and the soft in the fresh bread. Then comes now one brother and said, Father, you said that we are brothers. But we are eating hard bread. <laughs> so how is it? So he could he could uh, hardly understood what his brother means to him. So when you say brothers and sisters, 
we are belong to the church of Christ, we must feel the pain of each one of us. Kaya sabi ni Pablo, ay magdalahan kayo ng pasalin sa bawat isa. Ah, pero sabi rin ni Pablo, ay huwag naman kayong pabigat. Ay baka naman sinasabi natin eh, sabi ng church, itutulungan tayo. <coughs> ay baka naman sinamantala natin, wala akong pagkain, wala lang tayo sa church. <laughs> baka naman gano'n, ay sabi ni Pablo, ay huwag naman tayong pabigat. <laughs> diba? Huwag tayong pabigat sa bawat isa. Pero, responsibility must be in each one of us. As a church. Amen. Amen. Next slide, please. Hebrews 2, 11, 12. For both he that, that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church. When I sing praise unto him. So now, where says that we are the members of Christ's body. We are the body of Christ. In Christ is the head. Yeah. Now, you could figure me out. Kung nakikita niyo siguro ako may harang dito, at ang nakalitaw kayo ulo ko, ang masasabi niyo, ah, si Brother Jared, yeah. But what if I'm walking sa isang lugar na mataas ang ceiling, pero bukas dito? You could not see my head, but you could see my body, maybe. Would you say that that is Brother Garrett? Not sure. <laughs> Baka naman sabihin mo, ay si Brother Samyan. <laughs> what do I mean of this? Sabi ng Panginoon, we are being justified, we become one body. If Christ is your head, the body is the church. Kung ang ulo mo ay ikaw yan, ang katawan mo ikaw din yan. You get me? Kung ang ulo mo ay ang Panginoon, ang katawan niya ay sa Panginoon. Kahit matagpan ang ulo mo, mananatingin ang katawan mo sa Panginoon. Kaya ang makikita ko, nakikita natin si Kristo sa ulo, ang katawan niya ay siya rin yun. Why? Because the head is not separate to his body. Amen. Sabi ka ng Biblia, separate ang body sa head? Hindi. No. The head and the body are joined together. That is why they call the body in the head. Remember when I preach the soul of the earth, the only thing that will separate us from Christ. Sabi, kalita narinig ko eh, susubukin tayo na tapoy. And that is exactly why the soul uh, separated these two elements. Kapag sinubo ka ng apoy at sa sobrang init ay hindi mo na makayana, that is exactly what happened to the soul. These two, or the compound element, breaks away and they trust each other. Tikman mo ngayon yung asin na wala na, na umiwalay na sa isang parte ng kanyang kinikaras. Take yung kuno langgar, uh, enjoy the taste. Wala na nasa yun eh. And that is exactly what the Bible is saying. We are the body of Christ. Kaya kahit kapag naglalakad tayo, Dapat makita sa atin yung katawan ng Kristo. Hindi yung kilos natin. That is why we are justified and the righteousness that we have is the righteousness of Christ. We walk, kahit sa ating mga paligid, we walk as Christ's body. And the body of Christ is pure. 
Nagwin ba dyan? Kaya nang kami siya, ang problema natin, hindi na tayo ma-recognize kapag tayo hindi na nakikita ng Lord. You cannot recognize. Why? Maybe because that is exactly what happened to us. We are not the model in this world. Bakit naman ang nakikita sa atin, pareho lang tayo sa ibang tao? You have to recognize the body of Christ. Because the body of Christ are the one doing His will. Not because they wanted to be saved, but because they are already purchased by the blood of Christ. In the good works, is just showing because they have Christ in themselves. So, ganun po ang sinasabi ng Lord. Let us maintain our relationship to Christ. Sabi ng John 15, I am the body, and you are the branches. But if the branches are no longer attached, no longer bear fruit, what does happen to this branch? They will cut. They will cut it off and throw it to the fire. In fact, you are already a branch. All you need to do is to maintain being branch. Maintain that you are connected to the vine. Otherwise, if you are separated, then there is no room for you in salvation. You would be there. That is why I advise each one of us. We have accepted Christ. Let this light shine before them. That they may see their good works which glorify God in them. Amen. Amen.